series. We usually do series of topics and talk about them for a few weeks. And we're in a series called The End Commandments. And we've got an important topic today. Uh, we've been talking about how Jesus came to earth 2,000 years ago. He said, I'm going to do things new, do, do things differently. I'm going to do things, start some new things. And we're going to stop doing some old things. As we know, he did away with the old, uh, old sacrificial system because he sacrificed himself for us. He started a new covenant, a new agreement between God and his people. And part of that was that... <clears throat> You and I could go directly to God ourselves. We didn't need any inter- intermediaries. And so he said, I, I'm going to do some new things. I'm going to give you some new instructions and new commands. And he said, the overarching command is to love one another as I have loved you. And then he said, go and teach these commands to everyone, not just to Jews, but to everyone. And so amazingly, uh, we started off with this resurrection religion. We basically had, our church had this collection of accounts of Jesus' resurrection, people that actually saw him, people that recited or, or remembered or reminded people of what he had said and miracles he had done. That's all they had. They had no Bible. So that's all they had, and the early church changed the world. They had little to go on except for that. So if we're supposed to go and teach these commands, we've got to know what the commands are. So we're looking at five of them in this series, and if you've, if you've missed any of them, you can catch up on our website. Uh, and we, they're all end commandments or not commandments, things Jesus told us not to do. Now, now the strange thing about them, they don't really seem like commandments because they don't seem like things we can really not do. <laughs> For example, we talked about uh, fear not. So Jesus said, don't be afraid. Just simply don't be afraid. Well, we're, we're, we're still fearful people. And then we talked about Jesus said, sin not. Don't mess up. Well, we are messed up people. And then we talked about last week, everybody had a worry-free week this week, right? Because that's what we talked about. Jesus said, don't worry about anything. And so they're just kind of difficult to, to do. And so the one we're going to look at today is probably the most quoted, especially from people outside the church. If you're not a Jesus follower and you're here this morning, you probably use this uh, commandment yourself. Uh, You might know it's in the Bible or not. You might not know Jesus said it. You might not be able to find it. But everybody knows this. And it's quoted to us Jesus followers probably more than anything else. And it's the thing that people out there hate the most about us in here. It's because they see us this way. And to be honest, we often are this way. So the end commandment for today is judge not. Have you said that to somebody recently or somebody said that to you recently? Most likely true. Uh, The verse says it this way, do not judge. That's pretty straightforward. Just don't do it. Don't fear, don't worry, don't sin, don't judge. Not so easy to do. Now, what do we mean by judge? Thou shalt not size me up and write me off. That includes all kinds of stuff. So, you know, I'm having a bad bad hair day today, and you say, oh, you know, he can't even keep his hair straight. And you just dish me because I have a bad hair day. It could be because of some other physical appearance. Um, 
in school, I, I'm still pretty thin, but in school I was really thin. I got picked on for being so skinny. Uh, I ate as much food as I could, and I still was skinny, all right? And so people made fun of me for that. It could be some way, other things you've decided to do with your body. And people just write you off because of that. I wouldn't do that to my body. Uh, it could be financial. Uh, people write you off because you don't have as much money as them. They could write you off because of education, maybe because you don't have less education than them, more education than them. Write you off for that reason. Write you off because of who you hang out with. Uh, write you, the, the list is endless. <laughs> Jesus said, don't do that. Now, why are religious people so judgmental? And let's, let's confess, we are. We have our standards, and other people have their standards, and we think our standards are better, so we judge them against them. And it's just not Christians that are judgmental, and we are. Jewish people are judgmental. In fact, back in Jesus' day, if you read the New Testament, it was a huge problem. The more religious the Jews were, the more judgmental they were and put other people down. I don't know if you've ever been to counseling. I've been to a lot of counseling. I've been to marriage counseling a couple times. Uh, doesn't say much about my wife as it says about me. I've been to personal counseling. And one thing a good counselor does is they help you to see yourself, your issues. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. And the problem is once you see them, they're not very pleasant, are they? And it's kind of ugly and it's kind of uncomfortable. Especially when you find out how judgmental you are. And if you have marriage problems, I can say one thing about your marriage problems. You're judgmental <laughs> of your spouse. Uh, just just part, of the, part of the deal. So, why do we judge so much? Uh, Muslims judge. And we see this in radical Muslims judging us and, and actually acts of terrorism. So, it's just not Christians. So, why do we judge? Well, one reason we judge is because we're jealous. We're jealous. Somebody else is having more fun than we are. Now, we think we're doing what's right, so if they're having more fun than us, doing something else is something they shouldn't be doing. And uh, we're, we're jealous. And probably wish we could do it, but we know we shouldn't do it, so we're not doing it, and you're doing it, and you're seeming to enjoy it, and you're seeming to get away with it, and it just doesn't seem right, and so I'm going to judge you. I'm jealous. I don't know who said this, but... Uh, I think it's pretty good. It's about sin. If it isn't fun, you're not doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You're not doing it right. Uh, Sin's supposed to be fun, right? And why would you do it if it wasn't fun? So we are jealous. We are not enjoying our Christianity. Now, I believe we should be the, the, the happiest people on the planet. We got our sins forgiven. We're connected with God. We we know our purpose in life. We know where we're headed when we die. Who should be happier than us? But for some, whatever reason, we're jealous. Another <clears throat> problem is, you ever met somebody that was happy that there's a hell? And it's kind of like this. I'm not having fun now, but I'm going to have fun later. And you're having your fun now, but you're not going to be having fun later. You ever met anybody like that? Well, you're judgmental. A guy wrote a book recently, a kind of semi-famous guy, and he tried to make the argument that there's not going to be a hell. And it's a big controversy for a while. Anyway, 
question is, well, well, his argument was love wins out. And so what do you think about that? Well, theologically, I know he's wrong, but that would be, I think it would be good. I don't want to, I got loved ones and friends that aren't Christians, and if they were to die without, you know, becoming Jesus followers, I don't want them to suffer for eternity. So if you're happy there's a hell, then you're a judgmental person. You just are. And another reason we're judgmental is because we're, again, not comfortable, but self-righteous. Now, the problem with self-righteousness is this. It's both ignorant and arrogant. Now, it's ignorant because I don't know, really know you. I, I judge you without really knowing you. And it's arrogant because I think I'm better than you. But worse than that, it dumbs down God's holiness. The only way I can feel self-righteous, to feel that I'm somebody, I'm good, is if I dumb down God's standards. Because if I look at God's standards, there's no way I'm going to feel like I am somebody or something or done something. The problem with self-righteousness, it causes us to rarely be self-aware. We really don't know ourselves. So this, <laughs> the new baby, welcome. <laughs> Didn't like my voice, I guess. I'm sorry, but anyway. <clears throat> so this, this commandment today we're going to look at is really important for two big reasons. One, what we just talked about. This is the biggie. This is the thing people say most about us, people don't like about us, and honestly, we're guilty. Right. The second one, and this is, the, I, I think, really important, is we really don't know what Jesus was teaching with his teaching. It's in Matthew 7, and if you were here last week, we talked in Matthew, into Matthew 6. So right after talking about worry, Jesus talked about not Judging. So we're going to jump in here at, at verse 1. Do not judge others. Pretty clear, right? Don't do it. But, 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 no, just don't judge. Anyway, don't compare yourself to anyone else. Don't compare your looks. Don't compare your income. Don't compare your intelligence. Don't compare your spirituality. Don't compare. If you're a parent, don't compare your kids one to another. Don't compare, compare, compare your kids to somebody else's kids. If you're married, don't compare your spouse to uh, somebody else's spouse. Don't compare. Now, we act like there's a period there, but there's no period there. Literally, there's a comma there, so Jesus isn't speak, stopped He's finished speaking. He's got more to say on this topic than just don't judge. So what else does he say? And you will not be judged. Or if you judge, you will be judged, depending on the translation. So you want to be judged? Go ahead and judge other people. You don't want to be judged? Don't judge other people. Right? Kind of expectation. And he, he actually elaborates on this. Uh, evidently, it's a pretty big deal. It says, for you will be treated as you treat others. I'm judgmental of you, you're going to tra treat me that way. The standard you use in judging, so if you've got a strict standard or a lenient standard, that's the standard by which you will be judged. Does this sound kind of familiar to you? Uh, let's word it this way. 
Judge unto others as you would have others judge unto you. Sounds like the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So this fits in that category. So you want to be judged, then, then be judgmental. So, but it's going to come back on you, right? The old expression about sin is there's a kick to sin, but the kickback's always worse. So they might, you might enjoy your judging, but you're certainly not going to enjoy others judging you. So here's the question. How do you want to be judged? And I'm going to answer the question for you. Not. Right? Anybody want to be judged? Nobody wants to be judged. So that's an easy question to answer. Not. I don't want to be judged by my appearance. I don't want to be judged by my education. I don't want to be judged by my attitude. I don't want to be judged. And if you are going to judge me, I want you to judge me mercifully. Right? Meaning, I want you to take into account my background. Not my case, but maybe in your case, uh, your parents divorced when you were young, or one of your parents died, and so you're raised in a single, or maybe you had a step-parent. And all that's involved. Maybe you were uh, adopted. Maybe you're a foster child. Uh, take that into account. Or make, take into account you didn't grow up in a Christian home. Or take into account that, you know, your, your genetics. You know, I can't, uh, this is the way God made me. This is the way I look. I mean, I can fix my hair and do a few things, but I'm still going to be me. Right? I want you to take all that into account. I want to take into account that, you know, um, in school, I didn't do well in school. Or take into account that uh, um, I had a good friend that, that, that uh, betrayed me. Or take into account that uh, I went to this kind of liberal church or I went to this really conservative church. I just want you to take into account when you judge me, my background, my genetics, all those things. But I prefer you not judge me at all. So then Jesus uses this kind of weird illustration to try and make his point. And here he says, and why worry about a speck in your friend's eyes? Now, we like this part because we get to say, hey, yeah, they've got, they've got a problem. They've got a defect. They've got an issue. Um, and Jesus is saying it's okay to notice it. I mean, it's obvious. It's not like you can't notice it. It's okay to have opinions about other people. That's Okay. Don't worry about it, but it's okay. You can't help but notice other people's flaws, defects, whatever. But he goes on. When you have a log in your own, now this is kind of a humor, Jewish humor, but you can kind of picture this. You know, you got a little, I'm trying to look at your little speck, and I got this huge log in my own eye. I mean, how can I even see? Why would I even try and do that? Well, let me give you a couple of reasons. One reason is because it's more fun. It's more fun dealing with your issues than my issues, right? Even your little issues, especially than my, my big issues. So it's, it's more fun. And secondly, sometimes I don't even know about my issues. Sometimes I don't even know I have this log. Sometimes I can't see the log. In fact, if you're married, your spouse is probably the best person, and I have a great spouse, and she does a good job at this. Sometimes I'm on a... Aware of some of the, my defects. 
you know, I said something I shouldn't have said, or I said it with an attitude, and she will quietly tell me that, and so I can work on it. I want to know that. So sometimes we don't see. Other times, we don't want to see. It's more, more fun. So Jesus is really getting to the issue here that one reason I'm a judgmental of you is because I, I don't like my issues. And I don't want to deal with my issues. So then he goes on. How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get the speck out of your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? I thought about this way. When I take my glasses off, you had something in your eye, I could not help you. <laughs> There's no way I could help you. And when you have something in your eye, it's nice to have somebody help you. But I certainly couldn't help you. I couldn't see it. And that's what he's saying. In fact, how dare you try? Would you want somebody that couldn't see to try and get something out of your eye? Then Jesus uses a word none of us likes, but he used it quite a bit, actually. Hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. What's his definition of a hypocrite? Well, it's someone that wants to help you fix your problem more, more than they want to deal with their own issues and fix their, fix their selves. So I want to fix you even though I'm not fixing me. My focus is on your issues instead of my issues. And anytime we get in that mindset, Jesus says we're a hypocrite. All been there, done that, right? So here's a lesson. Mind your own business. Mind your own log. Mind your own defects. Mind your own issues. Mind your own bad habits. Okay? Now, we would think, all right, end the lesson, right? Jesus told us not to judge, deal with our own issues. Finished. But no, and this is the part that we miss. People say, well, I shouldn't judge. And we say, okay, I shouldn't judge you. End of story. No, 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 no. It's way better than that. This is Jesus, brilliance of Jesus. All right? So it goes on. Hypocrite first. Now, we hear the word first. There's going to be at least a what? At least a second. Uh, there's going to be some kind of list. Right. So it doesn't end with that. Stop being hypocritical. Stop, you know, judging your brothers, deal with your own issues. There's a couple other things Jesus is going to tell us to finish this issue of judging not. So first, first what are we supposed to do? Get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you'll be able to see well enough. You'll be able to see clearly. All right? So your mess-ups ought to trigger my mind to think about my mess-ups, my bigger mess-ups, so I can deal with my mess-ups, my issues. Right? So I see a speck in your eye, I see some issue you have. Oh, that should make me deal with this issue or that issue that I have so I become a better person. Right? Issue dealt with. So I become a better person. So we can kind of summarize it this way. When I'm tempted to pass judgment upon thee, I should stop and check for traces in me. So... Uh, man, I don't, I, don't, I don't like that attitude. Oh, well, I better check my attitude. Yeah. You know, I don't like the, what's going on with them spiritually. Well, I better check, check my own life, what's going on there spiritually. Uh, 
You know, I don't like the way they're dealing in that relationship with their spouse. Well, wait, I better check and see how I'm dealing with my spouse. You know, I, I, I don't like the way they parent. Well, I better check and see, you know, check the way I am parenting. So whatever issues I see in you or think I see in you should trigger to me to think about my issues. So that's what he says to do first. So if there's a first, there's going to be at least a second. So what did he say after we dealt with our issues? What are we supposed to do? Up here. Um, There we go. Well enough or clearly enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eyes. So he turns it around. So what is he basically saying? I've got issues. You've got issues, but I've got, I got real issues. So I need to deal with my issues. I'm, I'm working on my, I'm dealing with my issues. But it's just not to make me a better person. That's ultimately selfish, right? So I'm dealing with my issues so I can, but for a better way to say this, appropriately approach you to help you with your issue. So I don't deal with my issues just to deal with my issues. I don't stop judging you just to stop judging you. I stop doing that. I deal with my issues so I will be able to appropriately help you with your issues. Now the objection is this. But then that's judgmental, isn't it? And Jesus would say, no. (laughs) This is part of the teaching. This is part of the instruction. This is a command he's given us. Don't judge them. Deal with your issue. After you deal with your issue, help them with their issue. And we talked about this a lot. Whatever, Whatever Christianity is about, it's not about me. It's not about you. So, we are to do this because we're commanded. We are, we are to do this because that's the way to be obedient. So again, Jesus said, love one another. Love requires action. You can't equate judge not with care not. You can't equate it with do not, act not. Don't be involved. Don't engage. That's not the same as judge not. Because love one another requires engagement. Love forbids me to size you up and write you off. Can't do that. Not if I love you. I, I, I can't do that. But also love forbids me to size you up and walk away. So I, I'm not going to judge you, so I'm just going to... None of my business. So let's summarize what Jesus said about judging. <clears throat> Take the log out of your eye, your big issues, deal with your big issues, and preparation for removing are helping to remove, probably better, the speck from your friend's eyes. Now, when I, when I think about this whole teaching, I think about three categories of people or three audiences. And we've got them all here this morning. All of us have probably been in one of these groups at one time. All of us are probably in at least one of these groups right now and maybe multiple groups right now. So, first group. First audience, 
You size people up and write them off. You're a self-righteous person. You compare and think you're better than somebody else. And again, this is the thing that Jesus hated most. He hated more than adultery or murder or tax collectors or anything else. Jesus couldn't stand self He just he, he called them all kinds of names, the self-righteous people. And the more religious they were, the more self-righteous they were. And one way you can tell if you're self-righteous, if you have this attitude, I can't believe they would do that. I don't, can't believe they would say that. I can't understand how anybody would do that. That makes you a self-righteous person. If you're a self-righteous person, you know what you need to do? And a word we don't like. You need to repent. You need to say, God, I, I, that's me. I'm a judgmental person. I shouldn't. That, that's wrong. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Help me change. So here's the problem. If the sin of others doesn't break your heart, it's probably because your heart's never been broken over your own sin. Sin didn't only break Jesus' heart. It broke his body. It broke his life. It took his life. <clears throat> so that's one audience. That's one, one group we have here this morning. Second audience. You size people up and walk away. Now this is what we think is really the spiritual thing to do. I see your issue and I think, oh, but by the grace of God, that'd be me. I'd have that problem. Thank you, God, that you've spared me that. I, haven't, I don't have that issue. Uh, God, you spoke good to me. Uh, you're so gracious. I'm going to really pray for that person. Make sure, and hopefully, God, that they'll change. And, and uh, that's it. Sounds real spiritual, right? Problem is, that isn't what Jesus commanded us to do. Or not all he commanded us to do. See, again, love requires action, engagement. So what is the need? The need is to confront. The need is to confront. I won't sing this for you, but now you can see clearly now the plank is gone. My daughter was telling this story about she went to a Catholic funeral and the priest sang and she said, now I know why my dad's not a Catholic priest. <laughs> so you can see. I can see. I can appropriately help you with your issue. Whether it's moral issues or financial issues or whatever issues it might be. Now, let me just warn you. 90% of the time when you confront somebody, the pushback is, none of your business. How dare you judge me? Right? That's, that's the pushback you get. So I understand. This is not, not easy. It's part of my job. I've confronted people about all kinds of things, of, and it's never comfortable. It's always awkward. And again, most of the time, you get that pushback. But if that's... If you're in that group, you need to confront. You need to engage. Third group. Third audience. You've been sized up 
but you refuse to listen. You push back, judge not, none of your business. Deep down inside, though, you know they're right. You know it's your issue. You don't want to, you can't deal with it. Defensiveness ensures that your past will continue to show up in your future. Don't deal with it, won't change. Now, there's no perfect way to confront somebody. No matter how much you pray about it, no matter how much you practice it ahead of time. It it rarely goes well. In fact, the other person usually, because we fumble around with this, they use it as an excuse not to listen to you. Because you didn't quite say it the right way, or you didn't quite say it with the right tone or right attitude. But if you're in this group, your need is to listen. Now, we're almost finished. I want to do something here at the end. It's going to be a little awkward. I want to help you take the first step of obedience. Now, we're all friends here, and so we're going to do this publicly. Uh, Confession is good for the soul. Um, So here we go. If you fit in this category, I want you to raise your hand. So, you tend to size people up and write them off. Raise your hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, thank you. Need to repent. We need to repent, right? Uh, You size people up and walk away. Yeah. Don't like that confrontation thing, do we? We need to love them enough to confront them, to help them with their speck. And then, lastly, you've been sized up, but you refuse to listen. Come on, a little slow on that one. We all put our hands up. First service, I, 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 I had a laugh. Before I got finished, the hands were going up. <laughs> Just because it's an older crowd, I don't know. <laughs> but folks, this is the command. And if it comes from Jesus, it's not just about making us better. This is the loving thing to do. Now we got one, I hope you're enjoying this series. I, I'm having a blast with it. And anyway, we got one more next week, and then we'll do something for Mother's on Mother's Day. So I hope you can join us. Let's pray. <clears throat> thank you, God. I thank you for the, uh, the bravery and the honesty of these folks here. Um, but I pray for the courage to, to, to follow through on this. It's one thing to raise It's another thing to uh, actually act on it. So God, forgive us for being judgmental people, just sizing people up and writing them off. Uh, thank you, forgive us. Help us not do that. But that's not the end. That's not the goal, the ultimate goal. Help us to deal with our own issues. That's a biggie. Thankfully that you do that. But then not just make us better people, make us usable by you to help other people. That's what love requires of us. And God, we thank you for Jesus that makes us all possible. We thank you that he's alive. And I thank you, God, I I can offer this invitation to all these folks if they haven't received this gift of this new way of connecting with you by just accepting your sacrifice for them. Your sins can be forgiven. God will come and dwell in you and 
and help you. God, we thank you that that's the kind of God we get to serve. It's a win-win. Win for us, win for others. And if that's you this morning, we would pray and we're here to help you step across that line and become a Jesus follower. You don't have to change first. Start following, then Jesus helps you to change. God, we thank you for your presence here this morning. It's been, been a blast. And uh, we thank you that you go with us when we leave this place. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.